Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Growing in Grace, Joel Berizaki here, along with Mike Kapler. Growing in Grace, you know what's that all about? It's about trusting in the sufficiency of God's grace uh, more and more every day, or at least learning to trust in it, as opposed to trusting in ourselves, trusting in the flesh, and trusting in, in anything that we can do in and of ourselves to please God. Turning all of that around and trusting in God's grace and His love. The word love is agape. It's unconditional love. There's no conditions to God's love. And uh, Mike and I are here to talk about that. So welcome, Mike, and uh, welcome to all the listeners. Thanks a lot for coming along. Always good to be with you, Joel. Uh, thanks to the folks out there listening. We, we appreciate hearing from you, too. Ho- hopefully we'll have time at the end of the program to remind you to uh, drop us a line and say hi. As we've been moving along in the faith chapter of Hebrews 11, we, we've moved into Hebrews 12, Joel, where last week, after all this talk about faith for several pages in my Bible, the writer goes on to say, that, and he's making his point. Again, uh, the, writer, the writers in the Bible, they don't write in verses, they don't write in chapters. And many times they will take a number of pages to make a point. But sometimes this is how we get all messed up in religious circles. We pluck verses out here and there and either try to tie them into the theology that we think is right or what we've been taught. And, and sometimes that's where the misunderstandings and the frustrations start to come in. So it's very important that we rightly divide the word of truth. And I know a lot of people think they're doing that. But when we take taking them out of the context from which they were intended, then um, that can really mess us up. But the writer of Hebrews here says, we're looking unto Jesus. All this talk about faith, all these great people from the Old Testament, all these people who had great faith, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Then the writer goes on, For consider him, Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten uh, the exhortation which, which speaks to you as, as to sons. And he's quoting from some Proverbs here. And he says this, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Let's stop here for a minute, Joel. Because if God is so good, he sounds like a pretty angry father here. I don't know. I'm a child of God. I'm a son. Or, or perhaps you listening, you're a son or a daughter. You're not to despise the chastening of the Lord. That sounds kind of harsh to me. Well, that means he gets the whip out and he cracks it, doesn't it? And he sends you, he sends you to your room and you stay there for two years. <laughs> and, and he's just mean and he's terrible and... You're never going to measure up, so just endure the chaste thing of the Lord, right? That's what it means. Well, I assumed that, but he only gave me six months. I don't know what you did to get off on two years. I don't uh, even want to begin to tell people what I did. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's the picture people have in their mind. It is. I mean, that's true. I mean, people have this picture of this angry, wrathful, 
God, even after, and and just check out, you know, we've been talking, like you said, all of these chapters have just been written, and the writer didn't write in chapters, he didn't write in all this stuff, He, he, he wrote all of this stuff to make a point about Jesus Christ being the the, the one who satisfied God, the the sacrifice that was sufficient, Uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's by faith that we've been saved. It's God's grace is what all this is about. And so suddenly, uh, the writer of Hebrews changes his tune and says, now look out for the chastening of the Lord. Look out, he's going to whip you into shape. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me to look at it that way. And so we've kind of done some looking at, at this word. And uh, I know, Cap, uh, you got some uh, things to say about this word chastening as it appears here in the word in, in the book of Hebrews, as well as I think uh, it appears in Isaiah as well. They might actually be two different words. Yeah, Isaiah 53, 5. He, he was talking about Jesus. It's a prophecy here referring to uh, what he would go through at the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes or bruising, we are healed. So there we see the word uh, chastisement, and people will assume that's the same thing that we're reading about here in, in Hebrews. Um, the, in Isaiah, it goes on to say, And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, in fact, I don't have it right in front of me, but in that same passage in Isaiah, uh, the, the Bible says it, it was God that scourged Jesus, even though Jesus didn't do anything wrong, by the way. Jesus never sinned. He wasn't paying for his sin. He was paying for our sin. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says that, that, that God scourged him, and it pleased him to do it. I find that interesting. But it's an entirely different word that, that chastise in Isaiah and, and the chastise in Hebrews. In, in Isaiah, it, it is talking about a, a, a bruising, a, a whipping, a, a beating down. And, and in, in Hebrews, it, it, it's more in the sense of, of uh, correction and teaching, uh, an entirely different attitude, an entirely different definition than, than what we see in, in the book of Isaiah. But when people see this chast, uh, chastise or chastisement in the book of Hebrews, they automatically think back to something like, well, Jesus was chastised too, and we see it back in Isaiah. Two different things. Yeah, they are two different things. And if you... If you look at, again, uh, like you said, the, uh, the real meaning of the word here, uh, of chastening. It's correction and teaching. I looked in and I found uh, the definitions education or training. And, it's, and the whole point of it is that when God does chasten us, or let's you know, call it by the, these words, corrects us or teaches us, it's because we're sons and it's because he loves us, and it's because perhaps we've been trusting. You know, there's lots of different reasons that God could be correcting us and teaching us, training us to go a different way than what we're going, because perhaps we've come back to trusting in our own selves, trusting in the law. Uh, perhaps we're involved in some sin, and obviously he didn't save us for sin, you know, verse 4 says, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Uh, yeah, I mean, there could be something that's that's harming us or harming others, and maybe God is coming along and saying, I love you so much. This is what this, is what this word chastening is about, the discipline or the correction, the teaching. I love you so much. You're my son. You're my child. 
you know, and and so he'll teach us, and he'll do it gently, and he'll and he'll guide us uh, back into the correct thinking, uh, the the perha- uh, perhaps the correct frame of mind or, or heart that will get us back to you know whatever it is, whatever wherever we got off track. Again, we remain saved by grace. We remain his children uh, by grace. In fact, it says, if we go through this, it's because he loves us and it's because we're legitimate children. We're legitimate sons. It's it's a good thing when we go through this. And the whole point here is that this is good. This is God loving us and that it's not a punishment. It's not a scourging. It's not a, a whipping or a beating. It's just simply God teaching us, correcting us in a loving way. Yeah, it's it's as if you were compelling or instructing a child to go in the right direction. Uh, it's that kind of uh, that kind of a word. But a lot of the church world, a lot of the religious folks out there, have continued to see God as angry and have taught the sheep, taught to other believers the same thing. Because a lot of us have just refused to interpret our theology by going through the cross. There's a guy by the name of James Richards who I, I like to read, and, and uh, uh, he's had a number of books out there, Joel, but he, he made the statement that we have totally rejected the reality that at the cross Jesus was chastened to deliver us from chastisement. Hmm. In other words, <laughs> Jesus was beaten down. The chastisement for our peace was upon him so that we wouldn't have to go through angry correction from God. I, I think I think there's a big difference between what you were just talking about and the true word of, of, uh, of being chastised in the book of Hebrews. I, I think there's an, an entirely different thing as opposed to uh, this wrathful chastening that people get in their head that they think they have to go through from God. Um, we don't have to be afraid of that wrathful chastening from the Lord. And Let me just read 1 John 4.18. Now, this is from the Living Bible, so it's a little bit more of a paraphrase. But let this one jump out at you. Listen closely. Uh, his, his perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. That's from 1 John 4.18. Hmm. Oh, man, that's good. And how many you know, people listening and how many people in the church... mouth the words or or, or say the words, God loves me, God loves you, Jesus loves me, this I know. (laughs) But but don't really fully trust that or haven't fully received that or been established in that. That's what Jesus Christ came for. You know, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. and, And all of this happened to Jesus because of God's great love for us. And so we need to trust in that and and otherwise it's true we're going to have fear we're going to be thinking that god is angry with us or wrathful toward us when we mess up but that's not what god wants for us god wants us to know that you know it, all of the the wrath the chastening the 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 scourging the punishment for you know for our peace the, the, everything went upon jesus christ so that how how did that go again that james uh, richards says that you know he got jesus was chastised so that we wouldn't have to right he essentially that's that's what was said joel uh he was chastised you know he was chastened so that we wouldn't have to be yeah i mean that's just we got to understand that and get that established <laughs> deep in our hearts and, and rooted and grounded in that knowing that god is for us and not against us 
Well, and, and that's one of those things that really freed me up as I came to understand this, this message of the exchanged life through God's grace. When I found out that God wasn't angry with me anymore, that he took his anger out upon Jesus prior to and at the cross, and, and it pleased him to do it, uh, that I couldn't do anything to make God mad at me anymore, that his love for me was truly unconditional, which I'm still learning about, because we don't really, we don't really understand what unconditional love is. I, I mean, we, we get glimpses of it and fragments of it, but we haven't really understood what that means. But as I began to understand it, it, it just totally began to make life so much more enjoyable than being stuck in those religious mindsets that put us on that roller coaster ride that wasn't much fun at all. Yeah, it really can revolutionize a life because it's for freedom uh, that Christ came to set us free. You know, it's not to put us back into the bondage of of uh, being afraid of God or, or fearing Him uh, or you know, anything like that, but rather standing in awe and wonder of His great love and of the freedom and the peace that we have through Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm Joel Brzezinski, the Breeze Man. Mike, the Cap Capler with me, and this is Growing in Grace. We do uh, want to invite you to get a hold of us. Just drop us a note. Let us know that you're listening. Maybe tell us where you're from and how you found out about the program, and maybe drop us your thoughts about something we've talked about or about the program in general. We'd uh, love to hear from you, and you can do that by checking out the website graceroots.org. You'll also find a link to past archives of our programs. So, Growing in Grace, thanks a lot. We'll be back with you again next time. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.